Welcome in, Campo and Joe. Happy to hang out with you for the time that you're going to check us out on Facebook Live or wherever you find us on our 1010XL social channels. Joe C. from XL Primetime, that man right there, Dave Campo, former Dallas Cowboy head coach, former assistant right here in Jacksonville, and now all of Duval uh, knows that Coach Campo is one of us. He is a Jaguar. Well, you know, I don't know whether we can call ourselves Jaguar fans, but we support the home. Well, we're team. Jaguar fans, but we are on the dark side. Yeah, yeah, we are. <laughs> I mean, we, 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 we are critical when we need to be. But, you know, here it is. It's the offseason. This is one of the first offseasons, Coach, since 2019 that we've been optimistic right. about this bunch. Right. And, and, you know, I, I'm enjoying this. I really am. Yeah. The fact that we're basically right now – uh, we are just well. We're, we're a month away. Yeah. March twenty eighth. The draft comes up April twenty eighth, and I can't wait uh, for that. But we haven't spent a lot of time talking about the draft. We actually have to do a little homework within the next few weeks and start looking at the draft. Well, I've looked at it a little bit. Yeah. So uh, whenever you're ready to go, let's yeah. roll. But yeah, uh, this is fun. I, you know, uh, fortunately in my coaching career. You know, I had some bad times now, mm-hmm. don't get me wrong, but I had a lot of good ones. And yeah. the off-season, whether you're in media, whether you're the fan downtown, mm-hmm. uh, it's a fun time when you've had a good season and you feel real good about the team and the direction it's going. And I think that's where the Jaguars are right now. Yeah. I'm going to throw uh, Ryan Wilson, one of our guys that we go to on a regular basis. He does a three-round mock on CBS Sports, and he also pairs up with Rick Spielman and does a podcast. Right. He's a great dude. Uh, and I'm going to throw a few of those at you uh, as we go along. But the owners' meetings taking place, and the coaches showed up, uh, including Doug Peterson, and talking a bunch about this team. This is when the you know national media postseason gets to talk to these coaches. And Doug was very complimentary of everything that's happening here and, and feeling very positive and adding to it. And one thing that I thought was kind of interesting, and I'm going to see if I can pull up just this one little uh, uh, basically title of the quote. We don't have the quote to play for you, but you're listening to 1010XL. You probably heard it. But one thing he said is they want to draft to the culture. And I think, I hope I have that right. right. But, but explain what that means, because they're trying to identify a player that fits what they want to do. Well, first of all, you know, if, if you're worth a darn as a, as a head coach, mm-hmm. you know, you know what your team, you want your team to look like. Right. And, you know, I go back all the way to Coach Johnson, uh, Jimmy Johnson, uh, from the standpoint that the one thing he wanted from the very beginning was smart players. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now you couple that with good people mm-hmm. and you've got smart players, then draft and develop becomes a real thing because now those players will improve. Right. Because they're smart, they're motivated, they're they've got great character. And that's the culture that you're looking for in the locker room where guys are are just not all about themselves. And that's a very difficult mm-hmm. thing in this day and age, number one. Yeah. But in professional athletics, even more so. You know, you know what I think really impresses me? And I, you know, I'm calling it the Peterson effect. I, I really do like lauding what he's done and what his coaching staff has done. But a year ago, like all these high-priced contracts that we've seen in the free agent world. A year ago, the most expensive wide receiver came in. Uh, another $12 million receiver came in in Zay Jones. 
Um, I'm trying to remember the, the exact number that Evan Ingram got, but he also got paid a hefty sum. Bottom line nine is million. $9 million. Right. Brandon Sheriff comes in for a big chunk. And so a lot of these guys came in, and you might think in today's world that they go, okay, I got, I got my money. Right. I can coast right. a little bit. That did not happen this go around. They still were able to create a culture even though those guys just barely walked in the building. Well, that's a credit to uh, Trent Baalke, mm -hmm. yeah. the scouting staff, the pro scouting staff, and uh, Coach Peterson, mm -hmm. uh, knowing what he wanted his team to look like. And those were the guys that they brought in. And they knew darn good. Well, they didn't know what was going to happen. Right. But they knew that they had to bring some guys in that were team-type guys mm -hmm. and that made the locker room, the, the each room better. Right. And that's what they did with those guys. You know, there was a lot of talk about Kirk getting paid too much and all mm -hmm. that. You know, I felt that he probably changed the market a little bit. But uh, to me, I didn't care whether he got $50 million or or $10 million. Right. You know, he made the locker room better yeah. uh, in that room. And yeah. I think that's what they've done for sure. He was a professional. That came in and did his job, right? And we went over the numbers: seven, or excuse me, three guys with seventy catches or more. Only team in the in the National Football League that was able to do that, and he was productive. And we, we, you know, we were talking about it on the show: Is he going to be a top one hundred player? Is Trevor going to be right. a top one hundred player? Is ETN going to be a top one hundred player? Uh, I, I don't know. We're going to see where it goes. But Christian Kirk, if you look at catches, yardage, and all that, he was around a top twenty receiver this year. Oh yeah. No question, and 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 I knew he was going to be that if if they used him, mm -hmm. you know. And obviously they did. Uh, the guy, you know, he was with Hopkins and a mm -hmm. couple other guys out there at Arizona. Yeah, and he still was pretty close. I think he was nine hundred right. something, right? Very close right? to a thousand yards. Yeah. So I mean, he's he had proven that he could be at a thousand mm -hmm. uh, yard receiver. Yeah, and and he certainly did that. And uh, you know. But the problem that you have with Christian is he dropped a couple, and that's what you remember, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. You know, but in all honesty, the guy did everything he was asked to do. Yeah, winning plays, moments in time that uh, that are frozen for the fan. You know, from that day forward, that's what you wanted to see in those two Chiefs games, uh, right. which are the two big uh, drops that we're talking about. They were on the hands. Trevor made beautiful throws down the field in the regular season and in the postseason. And yeah, you, you'd love to get those back. And heck. Right. A little more chemistry, a little more time together. Maybe they do make those plays Absolutely. This, this coming year. Uh, since since we talked last week, we talked about a couple of the uh, decisions that they made, bringing Dewey back, bringing Adam Gosses, a handful of decisions. Since then, they've added a couple of other guys. Dearness Johnson's a running back that they brought in that we're going to have on XL Primetime tomorrow. Um, and then a couple of other ones. Not real sexy signings. But I don't have a problem with that. Uh, Doug Peterson said at the owners' meetings, it's keeping this core, bringing your free agents back and signing those Right. Guys. There's no question that that was the approach that they took, which, mm -hmm. you know, they, they've proven uh, that the guys that are here have done enough for them to be a, a playoff-type team. So right. why not get those guys back? Right. You know, especially with the young guys they have and and guys that were productive. So that was the the, the deal. And they spent money last year. Mm -hmm. You know, they they were in a situation where they're not they weren't going to be able to go out and get the top guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure that they needed them. We've already talked about the culture. The one thing that they ha they ha did last year, and I and hopeful that they did the same thing this year, is when they brought a guy in, for example, Johnson, the running back. Mm -hmm. I think he makes 
the running back room better mm-hmm. because he's shown in spurts that he could be a guy that, that it could really help them. And it's, uh, you know, a competition. You've got more competition. The more competition you have, the better chance you've got. When you look at the D linemen they brought in, a couple of guys, mm-hmm. you know, th- you need linemen, you know. and Heck yeah, rotation guys. Yeah, and they're not sexy guys. But, mm-hmm. you know, you add Gotsis, who they, who they know mm-hmm. can do what they want him to do. Yep. And these other guys, obviously, they've they've looked at him and said, hey, they did it with uh, Harris. They did it with Fadakasi. Mm-hmm. They know what they're looking for, yeah. and and hopefully these guys help uh, in that area as well. Doug commented on getting Roy Robertson Harris back, how much he liked it, and talked about the loss of Arden Key and how they're going to replace him. He also brought up Calais Campbell, and, and right. I, I don't know where we are, Coach. But if you want to handicap that, jump in on it. It would be great. I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say Calais can deliver more than maybe some of the other guys that are out there, but from a leadership role. Knowing what uh, this locker room has been like, knowing what he can do still on the football field, it'd be great. What do you think the chances are? Well, first of all, it would be a tremendous signing, yeah. in my opinion, mm-hmm. because the guy is, you know, has a, a relationship here uh, with the city, mm-hmm. with you know all the things. Uh, the mayor it, of Saxon. I, I promise you <laughs> that the ticket sales will be improved with mm-hmm. Calais Campbell mm-hmm. coming back here. So, from a organizational uh, standpoint, it's there. The guy played over 500 snaps last year. It's not like he this played. guy. It, it's not like this guy uh, didn't play. Right. He made poor. He played more snaps than Arden Key did. Yeah, he averaged around 37, 39 snaps. Is that what it was? Yeah, uh, and so this yeah. guy's got something left, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure that he's not a better football player right now than Fadakasi is. Mm-hmm. So. The problem you have with that is, though, I believe someone else in the league is going to offer him more money than we we can offer. Him. Yeah, yeah. That's the concern, and he's looking around. You know, he he is one, in my opinion, though, at the end of, the, of his career, that that he's looking to go to a Super Bowl. Yes, he is. Yes, he so, is. So, and, th- and this you know, team who, now can who offer. has yeah who has the better chance? Is it the Jets? Or it's here. right here in Duval. Is it Atlanta yeah. or here? Yeah. Right here. And those and are the so cities that have been hopeful mentioned. hopeful that's where it's going to be the, yeah. the, the deciding factor. Yeah. Those are the cities that have been mentioned. He said coming out of the uh, co- or, uh, owner's meetings, he's going to go up to New York. Right. And look, New York has got to piece things together right now. They right. still don't know what they're going to have to give up to, to ultimately get Aaron Rodgers uh, to the Big Apple. Uh, and Calais is a smart cat, so he knows – Tax-wise, what he's going to get hit with up there versus what he's going to hit with here. Right. And what that roster looks like. And he also looks at the defense, which is pretty good. Yeah. And he's probably can make a bigger impact mm-hmm. here mm-hmm. than he can in, in, in New York. Yeah. Mike Caldwell has got his work cut out for him. But another year, and especially with a, maybe another weapon or two that he can put on that defensive side of the ball. Uh, Doug Peterson talked about the growth of Trayvon Walker, right. Devin Lloyd, all Second these guys. Second year guys. Yeah. What do you think? I think that's a, a definite. Yeah. I mean, I would be, I would be shocked if there wasn't a big improvement from the guys you just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I've seen Devin Lloyd play at a high level, and he improved during the year. Mm-hmm. His play at the end of the year, he started fast. He hit a lull, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden he started playing again. And a second year, it's completely different. He had no training camp. He he had an injury. 
You know, I mean, you know, rookie coming in, all of a sudden you hit a little bit of a wall and he was, he sat down for a while and then came back and right. played pretty well. And, but, and let's be real. The number of guys that were rookies that were asked to start on this football team probably more than the than the average in the National Football well, League. Look at look at Tyson Campbell and Cisco. Yeah, what they did the second exactly. year. Exactly, two second year guys that came in and really started to own their position. Uh, and ETN, even though this was technically yeah. technically his second year, this was you know it felt like a rookie. Right, but you had. Campbell holding it down, Cisco obviously playing much better, and you were asking Luke Fortner, you were asking Devin Lloyd, Trayvon Walker, all these guys, throw ETN in that pile to come in and be impact players immediately. If I was Doug Peterson, I would be just as excited as he is. Mm -hmm. And I believe he's excited because he sees these young guys. Yeah. He knows what the potential is because he's watching them every day, a lot more than we do. Right. You know, he's seeing every stinking snap that those kids take mm -hmm. and knows them personally and what they're made of. And uh, he's got to be excited with, yeah. with what he's got with this football team. And especially if he could add two or three more young guys to this roster. I don't know whether we've changed our mind from last week to this week as far as the young guys go, but let's at least hit a couple of these guys that are in the mock, okay? Because I feel like you and I are both looking at the defensive side of the football. That's number one. Campo and Joe can agree on that. Yes. I may go interior uh, pass rush. Uh, you may go cornerback. Uh, but for Ryan Wilson's part in this, he's such a good dude. Darnell Wright is yeah. the offensive tackle that right. he has mocked uh, with the 24th pick overall. Now, uh, <clears throat> defensive lineman Brian Breesey goes off the board right in front of Jacksonville. Uh, Quentin Johnson, the wide receiver, who's really uh, a talented cat. E. John Robinson goes off the board uh, before uh, Darnell Wright. What do you think of that selection? Well, if, I, if it plays out that way. Well, first of all, I, I you know I don't know Wright that well, but I do know that he's one of the guys that is talked about as mm -hmm. being one of the top guys. Mm -hmm. He's he's a first-round talent. Mm -hmm. The question is going to be is, you know, where are they at in the offensive line business? Right. Because, uh, you know, I I think that's a, a, a viable pick. Mm -hmm. You know, that you got, uh, first of all, I believe the third tackle is just as important as the first two. Mm -hmm. Because the guy is a swing guy. Right. Now, whether that's Little or whether it's a guy they bring in or whether, you know. Right. And it was Walker Little this go around and yep. it helped, helped tremendously. Absolutely. You go, you, you get a guy down, all of a sudden he comes in and he's ready to play. So, you know, being a defensive coach, I mm -hmm. think they need to improve the defense a little bit right. uh, to go along. But uh, so goes this team, so goes Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Yeah, very. And very so, you know, there's protective. always going to be that thought in your mind, I've got a chance to get a guy that mm -hmm. helps him. Yeah. Uh, that's going to be a big pull as far as I'm concerned going forward. Yeah, protect him at all costs. 6'5", 320 plus pounds. He's a huge human being. All right, so a couple of guys that were left on the draft board, if it plays the way Ryan Wilson's projecting, Deontay Banks, the cornerback yep. out of Maryland, uh, Luke Musgrave, a tight end. Uh, out of Oregon, and I'm just looking to see, uh, you know, a linebacker, Drew Sanders, not going to go there. Michael Mayer is another tight end. If uh, those two guys are, if those two tight ends are sitting out there, what are you thinking at that point? Boy, uh, you know, again, that that is viable now because mm -hmm. they didn't get a a, a uh, long term deal with 
Ingram. Right. So the tight end position is one that they're probably definitely looking at. Yeah. And, uh, you know, it depends on what they think of those guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're both excellent players. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's a lot of mocks that say Kincaid's going to be down yeah. there at that position. And he is a, he is a big-time target that is worth looking at. So all of those things are being looked at at this point. And, and you know, I, to me, we've said it before, corner, inside pass rusher, Mm-hmm. If they're going to move Trayvon Walker inside right. an outside pass rusher, Nolan Smith or whoever it is, uh, offensive line, tight end. Yeah, that's those are the positions they're going to be looking at in my position. Everyone's going to be trying to process that as this board unfolds in the first round. Right? Who is it going to be? Uh, Ryan Wilson does go with the Jaguars taking Garrett Williams, a cornerback out of Syracuse with their second round selection, fifty six right. overall. So if it were to play, that's a big offensive lineman. Protect, protect Trevor, and then they go cornerback. Corner in the second round. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's that's very feasible. And I don't know that, you know, I, I think we can talk about, which we're I'm sure you guys are going to do on the primetime show, mm-hmm. uh, no matter who it is, we can talk about all these guys all we want, but yeah. we really don't know what they're thinking. Right. You know, and what they're looking at, you know, and, and uh, you know, uh, and again, I think that we know, though, the parameters mm-hmm. that they're looking at, and that's going to be the parameters. Well, like just as, just to use one number, the Jaguars, when you and I were doing this show a year ago, we said, how in the heck are they going to get back to winning football games? You know what they're going to do? They're going to have to score more, and they're going to have to give up less points. That's right. pretty obvious. Right. They were averaging about four touchdowns per game that they were giving up and they were scoring in the teens. So right. we knew that that was not a winning formula. Well, now they have basically trimmed it to where they're giving up less than 21 points per game. Right. Now, even though this defense, you say, needs as much help as the other side of the ball, that's a much better number. How much better can they get if they go get the right guys, on they the can defense. get better. Yeah, I, they I can agree. get better. I agree. Not, not even the numbers of points, because right. I think our offense is going to score more points this mm-hmm. year than they did last year. Mm-hmm. It's more control of the game, and given the offense, we're not going to we're not going to turn the ball over, running back for touchdowns as much next year as we did this year. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We had some big plays in there that don't happen all the time. So we need more consistent yes. defense, in yes. my opinion. That's that's what we're talking about here. So they're in the bottom fourth in yards per game given up. Right. Okay, that's that's a bad number. It is. They had less than three dozen sacks. That's not a good enough number. Right. And they actually started off okay making sacks. And so when you have those numbers, uh, and now look, past defense, we know that they gave up their share. And they've got to get better. And right. they had some liabilities with Trey Herndon and a couple of other guys because of the injury to Shaq. But those are the numbers that absolutely have to improve. Yeah. And and again, you know, I always based my – whether or not my defense was good mm-hmm. based on points scored. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Uh, I mean, if you don't, that's if you don't give up a lot of yeah. Uh, points. Yeah. The problem is, though, if you're nothing but bend but don't break. Right. You're keeping your offense that has a chance to score right. off the field. Mm-hmm. The game today is even more important that the offense gets more opportunities to yeah. score because you're not going to win playoff games in the AFC right. without score. You're going through five, six quarterbacks. Yeah. 
you're going to have to score points to win. Yeah. So consistent defense is what they have to improve with. And that yeah. means, you know, getting off on third down, oh, not yeah. a lot of yardage. You need, you need cover guys. You need guys that can put pressure on the passer. And that's what we're talking about on defense, in there, my there, opinion. There's nothing worse if you're a fan watching on television or you're a fan in the stands and seeing your quarterback on the sidelines just taking another swig of, of Gatorade. Yeah, or talking to, to yeah. Doug Peterson. Yeah. Hey, that's the last <laughs> thing you want to see. And that other guy is just clock, 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 chain, 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 moving right down the field. And so, yeah, time of possession, I think, time of possession in yards per game that they give up, they kind of go hand in hand. Absolutely. And you need sudden change plays, which is the sack, which is the turnover, right. and those types of things. And I got to believe that Mike Caldwell is getting a little more of an idea of who he thinks can do what yes. on that side of the ball. Yeah, and, and again, that's, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, improvement from uh, Walker, mm -hmm. improvement from Lloyd, improvement yeah. from Muma, whoever the guys are. How about improvement from the coaching staff? Yeah, yeah. You know, second year. Exactly. A new coordinator. Mm -hmm. New coordinator as a coordinator. Yeah, exactly. I've been there. Yeah. I know that first year, you know, I when I went, when I took the reins in 95, and we fortunately had a good enough football team that mm -hmm. we won the Super Bowl that mm -hmm. year, mm -hmm. my first year as a coordinator. Yeah. I wasn't going to change one thing that we had been doing. We had gone to two uh Super Bowl wins yeah. and an NFC championship game. Right. Then I take over. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. I wasn't going to change anything. Yeah. Well, you know, Dave Caldwell, mm -hmm. Mike, yeah. Mike Caldwell. Yeah. Excuse me, I get the Caldwells yeah. mixed up a little bit. Getting a little older, <laughs> we, you know yeah, what I mean? We, we don't want to. We don't want to move. We, we definitely don't want any comparison. Yeah. We want. We we like our guy, Mike yeah. Caldwell. Yeah, exactly. But uh, when I, you know, I didn't change a thing. Well, Mike Caldwell. Come, came from a pretty darn good mm -hmm. defensive football team and winning team yeah. with Tampa Bay. Yeah. So he wasn't going to change a whole lot either. Well, if you don't have the personnel, mm -hmm. you know, didn't have it's Alante a little different. David and, I had the yeah, personnel. Yeah, Shaq you know, I didn't change guys. anything because I had the same guys, yeah. basically, that we had for the last three, four years. He didn't have those guys. Right. Well, you're still in your mind. This is what I know. I we did sure. this well, yeah. so I expect improvement from him mm -hmm. as well. Yeah, and I I think these guys can blossom into good players, but a lot of them, as we said, the collection of first and second year guys that were asked asked to to carry a big load, meaning start on this football team and make plays. Now they're going to be second-year guys and third-year guys, yep. and there's going to be a little more experience. And Josh Allen's got a key fifth year right now right. that he needs to make sure that he that he he plays his best ball. And, you know, the other thing you have to keep in mind as well, if you watched our football team down the stretch, mm -hmm. you know, they were playing harder at the end of the year oh, than they yes. did at the beginning of the year. Yeah. So, you know, the, the culture that we're talking about with Coach Peterson and Mike Caldwell, mm -hmm. you know, I think Mike Caldwell is a very well-liked coordinator, mm -hmm. and I yeah. think they have good coaches. So, yeah. you know, that whole, you know, that's going to be there next year at the beginning of the season, mm -hmm. throughout the season, yeah. is yeah. that, is that uh, you know, never give up, play hard, all those kind of things. They yeah. know now how important that is. And I could call it a same page system. They're all on the same page now. Right. Right. Uh, and let's finish up with this guy. Okay. You had Heath Farwell uh, on our show on XL Primetime. He's a special teams coordinator. He's a guy that uh, Riley Patterson, they had to settle on a kicker. They found their kicker. Uh, he gave Logan Cook a lot of credit for doing his job as the punter, putting him 
uh, in, in decent starting field position defensively. Anyway, it was nice to have a conversation with him, and he also preached the Peterson way too. Yeah, no question. And 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 if you heard, if you guys out there heard the the primetime show, which I hope you did because it's a great show. Mm-hmm. Uh, when he was on, he talked about uh, you know he had been with Ron Rivera, he had been with he played for Pete Carroll at, right. at Seattle, uh, was with McTamont up at. Up at Buffalo, mm-hmm. all outstanding coaches, and the one thing that he said that Doug Peterson brought to the table that those other guys, in some way, shape, or form, had mm-hmm. was the ability to be consistent and be the same all the time. Uh, at the same time, pushing the players and making yeah. sure that the players uh, knew that they had to work hard in order yeah. to win. Yeah, there's a way to do it. When you make guys feel like they're a part of the success. Right. In other words, Correct. they're not getting blamed. They're getting and, – and, and it wasn't like, – like, let me just make this distinction. Gus Bradley was an unbelievably positive guy, but I don't know that he pressed when he needed to. He said a win is not the most important thing. Progress is the most important thing. I disagree, Gus. Yeah, I'm right. sorry. You win. Yeah, yeah, you got to yeah. win. Uh, right. Anyway, he was an extremely positive guy. Well, so is Doug, yes. but Doug has the plan to go along with it. Absolutely, and and you know that's something that uh, you know that you yeah you, you you don't put your finger on all the mm-hmm. time is how yeah. important that is, and yeah. we've talked about it a lot, the culture and what he's done. Uh, there's no doubt in my mind that he has a plan going forward, and yeah. he said that you know uh, Heath Farwell said. You know he's got a plan. He yeah. knows he knows what he's going to do and and how he's going to do it, and that's how you do it. The other thing I liked is that Heath Farwell said one of his buddies up in Buffalo, uh, Chad Hall, is now the wide receivers coach. He's his roomie, and he's living in his house with him, which you know that house. And, I do. Yeah. <laughs> he has my house. It used to be your house. My original house here yeah. in yeah. Sawgrass. Yeah, which is great. And so he loves the fact that he's coming in, yeah. and he's getting – look, we give Chris Jackson a lot of credit for what he was able to do with Kirk, Zay, Marvin, all those guys. And now they're going to bring another guy in which you hope is a great hire. Surprises me a lot. Uh, Surprises me. Uh, Reminds me a Mm -hmm. lot Mm -hmm. of the group that we went to Dallas with. Mm -hmm. Six guys from the University of Miami. Yeah. Jimmy was big with camaraderie of the coaching staff and guys being on the same page. And Mm -hmm. I think Doug is just like that. Yeah. And. You know, I look at this team very similar to that team. We went one and fifteen, seven and nine, playoffs the next year, eleven five, won the first game, mm-hmm. Super Bowl the next. Yeah. Well, they're one year ahead, in my yeah. opinion. You've heard me say that before. Oh yeah. You know, they got to the playoffs in the second year. Mm-hmm. I, I, uh, it took us three years yeah. to get there. Yeah. So I have a lot of faith in this group, and I think this team is headed in the right direction. Yeah, love it. Still miss Jim Bob. Still miss Cooter. Oh, Cooter. Yeah, yeah. yeah unfortunately, <laughs> we lost one, two guys. Yeah. But uh, but bringing in a guy like Hall that yeah. has, I guarantee you that, that uh, Farwell had a hand, had a hand in that yeah. because yeah. he's been with them. Yeah, which is awesome. All right. We love being with you guys. Campo and Joe, thank you for hanging out with us. Wherever you catch us, uh, you can definitely tweet at us. Just let us know what's up. But we appreciate it. Dave Campo, Joe C., we will talk to you next time.